Welcome, 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 one and all, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Off the Cuff. It's finally here. We're here. For you watching and listening, you have no idea what I'm talking about. This has been a long time in the works. And by a long time, I mean a month. It seems a long time for me. Well, it's been two months. Maybe two months. Um, my name is JT. Welcome into the show. Uh, that lovely voice you just heard is none other than the Highlander himself, my one of my best friends and co-host for this podcast. Uh, I appreciate Highlander coming on. Appreciate his idea spawning this thing uh, two months ago now-ish. Uh, Highlander, how you doing? Yeah, I'm doing good. Good, good. What'd you do today? Uh, you know, played played some Fortnite. Beautiful. Uh, uh, you know, up to date with the news of the of a lot of breaking news going on in, in the sports today. Of course, of course, and that's what we're here to talk about, ladies and gentlemen. Off the cuff is a primarily a sports podcast, and we are welcoming you in here for our very first episode. Uh, so a little bit about ourselves, our co-hosts. Uh, in charge here. Like I said, my name is JT. Welcome in. Um, born and raised in upstate New York. Uh, now living in Atlanta, Georgia. Been here for about four years, um, which is absolutely wild to think about, but it's the truth. And uh, yeah, that's that's me pretty much. Uh, my, my love of sports uh, extends to mainly football, basketball, baseball, and uh, we're also going to be covering some esports here while we uh, are talking about sports in general. So those esports include uh, Call of Duty, Rocket League, Halo, um, kind of others, not quite others. Uh, so that, that's me. That's me, your, your number one co-host. And now, not well, not number one is strong. That, that sounds like I'm better than Highlander. That's not true. Uh no, yeah. So my equally as important co-host, Highlander, uh, tell the people where you're from. Okay, well, now you say equally, and it sounds like you're kind of kicking my butt a little bit, but, you know. <laughs> uh, you know, born and raised in Florida. Uh, still in Florida, unfortunately. Um, but I've uh, been a sports fan since I want to say, I want to say about, like, five. I started, like, first liking sports. Mm. Uh, from a very young age, I... I Picked my teams, and uh, you know, just went with it from there. Beautiful, beautiful. Your sports of interest are uh, football, hockey. You know, just getting into the NRL, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. National Rugby uh, League. Yeah, been be deep into that currently. Um, honestly, that's about it. You know, still learning about others, but I mean, I, mean, I watch a, a various different sports. You know, he watches watch a lot of sports. Yes. yes. Tennis. You know a good bit about the COD League too, Call of Duty League. You know you know a good bit. So <clears throat> that's that's about it. That's about it. So well yeah, that's us. Those are your, those these are your co hosts. You're stuck with them. Sorry, but we're here. Um so now let's get into our favorite teams. Let's just list them off. Uh you know, just so people know who we're rooting for, where we're going for, as you can see by my hat. I have on today, I'm a Red Sox fan for baseball, you know, born in upstate New York. Uh, I was not the first to defect of my family. That was my father. So blame him, but don't blame him because he made the right choice. Um, and then from there, he, you know, infected the family 
uh, my brother and I pretty much. So, uh, yep, Boston Red Sox fan for baseball. Um, at first, I was a Clippers fan for basketball, but since the big three broke up and I live in Atlanta now, I'm a Hawks fan. Um, well, football, I'm Bills, so that's at least some hometown pride. Uh, Bills fan. Let's see. Who else? Who else? Yeah, hockey. Uh, Bruins fan, mainly just because of Boston. Uh, 09 was when I started to watch hockey a little bit, and I was wearing Bruins won it all. So I'm just like, well, there you go. Boston, Boston, beautiful. Bruins, awesome. Uh, don't watch it too much anymore. So that's why Highlander is the expert on all things hockey. Um, rugby, I'm very new to rugby. This is my first season watching the NRL. Uh, and so I'm sort of split between the Raiders and the Eels. So rugby fans, you probably know which one I'll end up choosing. But uh, it's still up in the air. Raiders, you got to, you know, you got to bring it to get my support or else I'm going Eels. So uh, that's good. Call of Duty, um, prior to the retirement of Scump, you know, I was an optic, optic gaming fan. Still like optic gaming for sure, but mainly just because of Scump. Now, I don't really have a favorite, to be honest. I mean... Atlanta phase because they're in Atlanta, but also not really. So, you know, we're, we're seeing. We're seeing about that. Uh, same kind of with Rocket League and Halo. Don't really have any fan roots. Just sort of watching and absorbing as much as I can. So, Highlander, what about you? What are your sport teams? Uh, I mean, surprise to everyone. I'm an Eagles fan. Um there's nothing here that would tell you that at all. Um, uh, when it comes to, to hockey, Anaheim Ducks fan, uh, the first time I watched hockey was actually, I think it was the year of 07, when I just I chose the Ducks because, you know, my favorite movie growing up was The Mighty Ducks. No surprise. So, um, luckily, the year I actually started cheering for the Ducks, they went and won the Stanley Cup, which was a, kind of a fitting thing. And I was like, wow, I chose the right team here. Uh, then it comes to baseball. I'm slowly, slowly leaning towards finally picking a team with baseball. And oddly, I'm, I'm going for a Toronto recently. I, I really like the Blue Jays, like the jerseys, like the players. They're a fun team to watch. Mm-hmm, they are. Um, NRL, it's up the bunnies. Uh, let's go Rabbitohs. Um, great team. Uh, Cod and the ZDL. Uh, growing up, you know, early days, I was an Opti Gaming fan with Nate Shot. But then when Nate Shot left and uh, made his own organization, 100 Thieves, I also followed Nate Shot in that journey, and I became a 100 Thieves fan. Um, am I missing a sport? Thank you. Did you say hockey? I did, the Ducks, okay. yeah. Okay. Did you say basketball? Do you have a basketball oh, team? Oh, basketball. Okay. Uh, at one point... I was a Warriors fan, but then I realized that I was more of a player fan than I am a team fan when it comes to the basketball. Like mm-hmm. I, I, uh, you know, I, I like Curry. I love Devin Booker, and it, it's just you know I, I'm more of. I like watching the fun players, mm. kind of thing. I like the explosive players, if that's the word to use there. Beautiful, beautiful. 
Well, that's us. That is me, and that is Highlander. And without further ado, let's get into some some sports, shall we? So first off the rip, we're heading into the wild, wild world of the NFL. Now, the NFL just coming off of their season. Uh, Highlander and I both didn't think there was much to talk about in the NFL, uh, with it being the beginning of the postseason. But Highlander, enlighten us in everything that is going on in the NFL, please. Well, there happens to be actually breaking news that just came out not long ago. The Commanders have just released quarterback Carson Wentz after one season. Oh, my. Uh, shocking in the fact that, I I mean, he got injured early, but, I mean, he didn't look too bad. But the, the 30-year-old quarterback will now head to his third different team in as many t- seasons in uh in 2023 that's just that that's insane as you know this will be that's wrong i don't know has, i don't know if is that wrong it'll be his fourth team will it because he's been on the eagles eagles then yeah. he went to the colts then oh, commanders that's true yeah this will be his fourth team fourth team in fourth year and uh, let's just say with washington commanders once appeared in eight games this season producing 1,755 passing yards, 11 touchdowns, 9 interceptions, at a 62.3% completion rate. And the Commanders went 2-5 and five in the seven games Wentz started. So it makes sense that we would see Carson Wentz released. It, yeah, it does. <laughs> Which kind of also proves that I think Sam Howell will now be the future of the Commanders going further. Also... Yeah. My second topic I want to get into, because I think this one you'll like, uh, because this would be a good one that we can both have our little opinions on. Okay. An NFL team has proposed a rule change to make roughing the passer reviewable. Ooh. What's your thoughts on that? I like that. I mean, I guess... Yeah. Yeah, I like that, but I think the rule itself needs to be tweaked more than just reviewing it because, I mean, we, we've seen these refs, and I know this is this is a topic that you have, we've seen the refs just completely blow their call and stand by it because, you know, pride. Uh, so, I mean, honestly, I mean, unless it's a New York decision of, of overturning it, I feel like that has potential but I don't know if it is the solution. I like it. I like the idea, though. I do like the idea. Yeah. yeah. I have to agree, but like you said, I think they need to change a little bit of the rule of it. Because still, yeah. according to what the refs see, any kind of touch to the like above the shoulders is instantly roughing the passer. So mm-hmm. even if you barely come in and give them a little, you know, a little brush on the cheek. You can review it all you want. They're going to still call that roughing the passer, even if it's reviewable. This is why I don't think that this roughing the passer reviewable change will go through. Right. I'd like it to, because there is a couple of times where we've seen it, where it's absolutely ridiculous. But then again, I also seen a, a fact that said that out of the 80 calls that were Rough in the past for this season, the board of committee only saw three that were questionable. Hmm. So out of that ruling alone, 
makes you sit there and say that rule that roughing the past are reviewable will just not make any sense. It will not change really much to do with the sport. Right. Right. It, it, if anything, change it a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. So like that so that being said, the reviewable is that is it a challenge flag? Is that what it is? That's what I'm that's yes, that's what it would basically be. It's like okay. a coach could throw the challenge flag and say, I don't think that was rough in the passer. Right. So it's like at that point, is it worth it to throw the challenge flag? Because you know, you're 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 gonna, you're gonna lose waste your time out. Yeah. Yeah. So like at the same time. Yeah. So it's 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 a good idea, I think. It's a good idea. But I think I think New York needs to have a bigger play in mm. ref calling. And I mean this is getting close this is getting towards like AI refs, you know, which I kind of agree with, I kind of don't agree with. Um Yeah, you know, it, it might get to that point. I mean, humans might be just bad enough. <laughs> the where where we need the AI to come in and be like, yeah, that was a foul. That was not a foul. And I mean, cause especially with all the technology that we see today about like the ability of cameras and sensors to like track running in real time and track, you know, players' interactions with each other in real time, like it's just insane the the capabilities of the AI. And so like even though it would definitely lose, you know, the human aspect of, you know, calls and refing i don't know i mean but having a having a big brother in the sky aka new york might be the way to go for now you know like make all calls turn like you know uh, what's the word i'm looking for challengeable questionable overturned that's the word i'm looking for by new york you know i think that's the better rule because they have the better eyes they have the better you know, technology, they're not on the field running, getting tired. <laughs> they're just sitting in a chair like you and me uh, watching from home being like, that was not a foul or that was a foul. So. I would have to, you know, I honestly have to agree with that. Yeah. I feel like too many games this past season w- was ruled out in the end because of a ref throwing a flag that could have just been played out because – the ref just thinks it's rough in the past, or not rough in the past, but like pass interference, for instance. Mm-hmm. And it's just they're both battling for the ball. Let let the boys play. Yep. And it's like there's there's so many games this season that were, in my opinion, possible game of the years. That all of a sudden one call, and you were just like, "What? Okay, what just happened?" Right. But with that being said. There's also the news of the Rams being very likely to trade Jalen Ramsey in the coming weeks. Hmm. Where are three places you could see him going? Jalen Ramsey? Yeah, a cornerback. Cornerback for the Rams. Yep. Well, oh, possibly won't be the Rams anymore. Right, right. From the Rams. Hmm. Where could he go? Uh... Like three places you would like to see him go like to see him go i mean i'd love to see him on buffalo but that's just a personal bias uh <laughs> we, we could use some help there uh i could see him i could see him going to detroit detroit could use him that'd be a great pickup for them they had a surprisingly good season this year uh better than most thought um some extra star power some extra firepower there would be good 
uh, Miami could use him probably. I mean, there's a lot of like middle of the pack teams that like could use him and probably could offer him. I mean, it all depends on their, you know, their cap space and their, which I don't know that side of it very well. That might be a you thing or maybe not even a you thing. I don't know. <laughs> I'm not sure how much you know about the, the, you know, cap the picks space. and cap space and that kind of stuff. Cap so. space is a tough place with a lot of teams. Yeah, this is why we are a semi-professional sports podcast, because we don't have all that information. Not yet, at least. Not yet. But, okay. yeah, where where do you see him going? Where would you like to oh, see him going? My number one that I'd like to see him go mm-hmm. is actually Detroit. Okay. Uh, Detroit is a team that's filled with a bunch of young talented players that could use a veteran star like someone like Jalen Ramsey who can come in there, help them cover the past, which I think one of their biggest weaknesses last season was too many teams are able to hit that big play pass on them. You bring in someone like Jalen Ramsey, and you might be able to stop that a little bit more. I mean, their run defense was pretty good last season. Yeah. But, I mean, you take back to multiple games where teams are just firing all over them. And they have a veteran leader who can step up and coach. No, not really coach, but mentor men, mentor some of those younger guys. Mm-hmm. would be huge for them. Yeah. Uh, number two that, I, that I'd actually have, which is sad because it wouldn't happen because of cap space, honestly, mm-hmm. but is a New Orleans Saints team. Mm. One, uh, imagine the the defense of that team having Matthew and Ramsey out there. Mm. It would be a really good defense. Especially a defense that, in my opinion, let so many fans down last season when there was so much talk of the Saints being a good team going into the season last year with the Matthew pickup and all that. And then just, I mean, in all fairness, every team in the NFC South flopped. I wouldn't yeah. say there was really one team in the NFC South that made me go, I'm proud of that team. Like, they all kind of made you go, mm. That's why, defensively, Rams would be great there. Uh, third team, it, it's weird. I mean, it's, been a, it's a team that he's been on before. It's a team that drafted him. But I'd like to see him go back to the Jacksonville Jaguars. Mm-hmm. Uh, as we know, they now have their franchise quarterback. They their, do. Their future. Mm-hmm. Uh, the team looked really, really good last season at times. Mm-hmm. But again, their defense was one of those things that let them down last season. You bring in someone like Jalen Ramsey, the veteran guy now. You have him come in there, stop some of those plays that you just have to stop. I think you can see the Jaguars become a threat if they do that. And I think the Jaguars have the cap space for that. Oh, for sure. I mean, they've among been... other trade values, I think, as well. Yeah, I mean, they probably have picks that they could give away for. You know, actually, yeah. speaking of picks, being that they were, I wanted the trade, you know that that's one thing I'm also worried about with the fact of me saying the Saints. You know, the Saints just recently picked up a first round pick mm-hmm. with you know letting the Broncos get their coach. They did. I would be worried that the Saints would somehow do something dumb to somehow trade their first overall pick that they were not first overall, but first round pick to the Rams for Jalen Ramsey. And I feel like that'd be too much for Jalen Ramsey. Hmm. 
I mean, don't get me wrong. Jalen Ramsey is a good player, but he's good. At the same time, the Saints need to think about their future more than their now. Right now, yeah, for sure. Speaking of future, hmm. uh, the quarterbacks C.J. Stroud, Anthony, and Anthony Richardson are said to be throwing at the 2023 NFL Scouting Combine, hmm. while Bryce Young has said he's waiting for pro day. Um, what's the difference between those two? Uh, so the scouting combine is the thing that's like, that's where all the scouts are like, right, right. everything's in Indianapolis. Yeah. The combine. That's not yeah. like, yeah, that's the huge thing that happens mm-hmm. there. Whereas pro day will just be like some scouts come to the school oh. and watch some plays. Yeah. It's, that's basically the only difference there. Um, I think also has been reported that Kentucky quarterback Will Levi will also be throwing at the combine. Mm. Um, his th- the throwing sessions for quarterback prospects are scheduled for Saturday, March 4th. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, a little bit of stats from the young quarterbacks. Um, young is the number three overall prospect spot in Jeremiah's ranking and the 2021 Heisman Trophy winner. He threw for 3,328 yards, 32 touchdowns, and five interceptions this past season with the Crimson Tide. Dang. Uh, CJ Stroud finished second in the nation in passing touchdowns, 41, with 3,688 yards and six interceptions. In the college football semifinal against the Georgia Bulldogs, Stroud threw for four touchdowns and rushed for 34 yards in the loss. So another good option there. Yeah, Uh, Richardson. Completed his sophomore season with the Gators, throwing for 2,549 yards, 17 touchdowns, and 9 interceptions. Richardson opted not to play in Florida's Las Vegas Bowl game against Oregon State in order to prepare for the draft. Um, And the good news for everyone who wants to watch the the Combine, uh, the 2023 NFL Scouting Combine begins Thursday, March 2nd, and will be live from Lucas Oil Stadium on NFL Network. Ooh, very nice. And uh, yeah, that's all of the NFL news for this uh, this week. That's all the NFL news. Beautiful. Yeah. Beautiful. Thank you, Highlander, for the NFL news. Uh, real quick, I want to get your take on the Super Bowl. Eagles fell, unfortunately, due to a due to a ref call. In in many opinions, most opinions, I would say, they didn't like it. Was it was a great game? You can't deny that it was a great game. But it, it all came down. To a ref call. Let, let me know. I mean, we watched it together. <laughs> so uh, I know what your initial you know, reaction was. It's one of those things where James Bradbury came out and admitted that he did the hold. But even with a lot of people and a lot of experts have said that there was not enough of like a pull and it could have just been played through. Hmm. Because when you really look at it, there was also contact by the receiver. So there was they were both kind of like battling in a way. Mm-hmm. To where it could have just been like a free, you know, let it just go. Plus, there's also the argument that it was an uncatchable ball. Mm. It was, and, yeah. The thing was not very I, close. Last I seen, I'm pretty sure the ball did go out of bounds when Mahomes threw it. So therefore, it would have been uncatchable no matter what. Hmm. But I mean, again, you know, congrats to the Chiefs. They had a hell of a season. They did. They um, did. Like, I mean, a, a comeback season, honestly. They weren't very good at the beginning. Eagles, I mean, let's be honest. Every Eagle fan out there, 
we were just happy to be in the Super Bowl. I mean, yeah. coming into the season, we didn't know what to expect. We didn't expect that we'd be the number one team in the NFC going into that. Mm-mm. And the fact that we only lost by three points in the Super Bowl, what, what a season for the boys. I agree. I now agree. we just have to come out in the offseason and, you know, do some good pickups, re-sign some, some of our players, and we'll be back there again next year. Yeah, I mean, I think that was offseason was the biggest thing for the Eagles this last year. I mean, they had a fantastic offseason, and it showed in the, in the regular season. I mean, uh, what were you guys up to? Like 12-1? and one? Wasn't it 12-1? and 13-1? And, and then you went believe... on a little bit of a downward spiral at the end there? Uh, mostly because of that's when the Hurts injury right. happened, and Hurts was not really playing that much. Yeah, I mean, like no one had a no one had an answer for you guys. And I'm I mean, pretty sure Wentz was or not Wentz. <laughs> oh no! Speaking of <laughs> PTSD. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah no, no, no. I said injury, and instantly Wentz came back to mind. Look at that. <laughs> Eagle fans everywhere just got a little PTSD there. They did. They did. Uh. I think Hurts though this season overall, including the playoffs, was thirteen and one. Mm-hmm. Well, after the Super Bowl, thirteen and two. Right, right. Which I mean, for a quarterback that so many analysts said couldn't throw a deep ball accurately, couldn't be the future of the Eagles. Man, oh man, did he prove them wrong? And it was great to see such a young quarterback do such a great thing like that. It was. It really was. And you know, you know, actually, you know what? I want to tip my hats off to actually a division rival. Another quarterback that got a lot of hate mm. this past offseason, Daniel Jones. Yes. He played very I, I well. Gotta, the man stepped up and showed that he can carry the Giants. Yeah. I just think the Giants need to do a little bit of things to help him by giving him some receivers out there. Mm-hmm. Because, I mean, let's, let's go back to that divisional round, Eagles-Giants. They had a player who was wide open because the Eagles' defense just fell apart. Man was more wide open than anything, and he drops the ball help daniel jones out go get a receiver mm-hmm. like don't be afraid to actually spend a little money this offseason to help daniel jones i agree i mean you're the giants you have the resources you you know there's no excuse you're new york's team i mean exactly you're not the jet the jets aren't new york's team sorry jets fans but you're not why would you why would you do that um, my my computer did a little ding, dingling. Oh, bling! You know, yeah. So that's I good. I just I just read a little something that uh, he wants forty five mil a year. Who does? Uh, apparently Daniel Jones. Jones? I mean, I don't know if uh. Bet on yourself, young fella. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I mean, again, I feel like you haven't done enough to be asking for money. At no, that point, no. I not mean, quite. you proved you proved yourself a season. Yeah. But now, like, take what you get and be happy about it. Yeah, honestly. Yeah, I mean, I mean you you, you still got more work to do. I mean, just because you yeah. had a decent season with New York, I mean, I think decent is a fair estimate there. You know. Um. Yeah, I think decent is is the word to use because it wasn't like sensational. It wasn't, you know, it was solid. It was a solid year. And, um, yeah, I mean, I don't think he's worth that money yet, yet, but he could be. 
You very well could be. Yeah, I'm seeing right here from uh, NFL expert that uh, this comes from February 20th. The update, Giants quarterback Daniel Jones wants more than New York has offered him, possibly as much as $45 million per year or more, a source tells Mike Florio. Wow. And that's just one of those things, again, where I'm like, you've done good. I mean, which a $45 million per year contract would put him alongside Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, it would. And he does, and, does not deserve that yet. <laughs> I mean, I if you're comparing the two, Daniel Jones, who, like, again, had a great season, but that is just, no. I'm sorry. You can't be asking and requesting a price for your contract when, I mean, like I said, next season will be the best look, because... If I remember correctly, I'm pretty sure the NFC East has the toughest schedule next season. Mm-hmm. So next season will be a good test to see how Daniel Jones actually does against some of the top teams. All right, we ready to move on to basketball? Yeah, I'm ready. Let's hear it. What's going on in the world of basketball? Okay. So, in the world of basketball, unfortunately this year I have not been too up-to-date with basketball, unfortunately. I don't know what it is this year. Something about it, something about the Hawks not being great. Uh, but the bas- I mean, basketball is still a banger. It's still always a banger. We've, got, we've had crazy, crazy games uh, going on this year. Um, I, mean, I, I just want to highlight... Um, Damian Lillard, last night. Not sure if anyone's seen this. Damian Lillard, look at this man. This absolute legend. He had like 40-something points at halftime. He had like 10 made threes at halftime. Look at that shot. That is just insane. He ends with 71 points, 13 threes, and 6 assists. The man's a le- The man is just on fire last night against a team that couldn't do anything. And, uh, yeah, I mean, that, that, I, I saw the, the news about that and I was like, what is going on? <laughs> I'm like, what is going on? He is insane. And I mean, Damian Lillard has always been that guy, you know? And, uh, I mean, Trey Young had a, had a nice performance last night too. He had, he had a game winner, um, over the Nets, I believe, which, uh, you know, it, for those of you who knew that the uh, Nets had their big three in Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, once upon a time James Harden, but last year he got moved. Um, he got moved again to the 76ers. Um, Durant is gone. Kyrie is gone. And I'm pretty sure all they have left is Ben Simmons, unless he got traded too. I'm not entirely sure about that. But now the Nets pretty much have nobody. And they were like they were a couple years ago, just kind of there playing basketball. Because I'm pretty sure the other day they scored like 30 points at halftime. And just not great. Just not great. Uh, So for myself and everyone who wants to know about the NBA, let's take a look at the standings. 
In the Eastern Conference, we've got the Boston Celtics up top, Milwaukee Bucks right behind them. 76ers, that James Harden team that I was just talking about right there, that's very typical of the Eastern Conference. Brooklyn Nets, I said they're just playing basketball right now, but look at that, they're fifth. Shut me up, Brooklyn. Um, do your thing. But that was probably with Kyrie and KD. Now they don't have them. We might see them fall. Probably Miami might go up. Hawks might go up because we did just have a coaching change. Nate McMillan is now fired from the Atlanta Hawks. And uh, our other Steve Quinn, I believe that's his name. Uh, they had a nice game last, last night, like I said. Maybe maybe a change of management um, is there. So maybe that's good for the, for the Hawks. We'll see. Time will tell. Down here, the Bulls, Pacers, Magic, Hornets, all this is pretty typical. I'm not very surprised by that. Western Conference, you got the Nuggets, Grizzlies, John Morant. That's, that guy is nuts. The Kings, now that's a team I'm surprised at seeing. I'm, I'll be honest. The Kings haven't been that great from my recent memory, but there they are. Suns, they're pretty solid. Clippers, my old team, they still have Paul George. They still have Kyrie, uh, Kawhi, not Kyrie, Kawhi. Uh, I said Kyrie too many times. Uh, and then Mavericks, Luka's there. Last year's champions, Golden State Warriors, they're right underneath there at seventh. So they could do a crazy, crazy comeback like they did last year. Um, Damian Lillard's trying. He's trying. 29-31. Give the man some help. He's a trailblazer for life. Give him some help. Lakers down here. LeBron, it's time. You're number one on on the all-scoring list. It's time. I'm sorry, bud. It's time. Your time is here. Maybe it's not. I don't know. I think it should be. Uh, give some room for these for these new up-and-coming folks uh, to make L.A. Lakers a place to be. You know, It's still a place to be. It always will be a place to be. But other than that, um, see, I'm not, I'm not really sure how to, how to tie you into this, the Highlander, because... Uh, actually, there's something I want to say with the LeBron thing that I was okay. mentioning. Go for it. I'm uh, ready. I, I, I was hearing a thing that uh, LeBron's son mm-hmm. might be going to the to the Magic, which would mean that LeBron would be also going to the Magic. You Thoughts know, on that? that uh, there are many people say that LeBron is waiting until his son is in there so he can have at least one year playing with him or against him. But with that, it might be with him. I feel like LeBron would want to play against his son. That would just be my welcome to the NBA, <laughs> son, you know, as he gets schooled by his son. Um, but yeah, that would be an interesting, that'd be an interesting prospect. Uh, I'll, I'll have to do some more digging into the NBA. I'll need, to get, I'll need to get back into it. I mean, just talking about it, honestly, having this podcast be a thing might, might be enough to get me back into it, um, <clears throat> especially with all the trades that went on crazy trades matt mcclung actually speaking to los angeles lakers matt mcclung guy from the g league came in all-star weekend that just happened decimated the dunk contest he he was doing dunks that we haven't seen since like the caliber of blake griffin back in 09 pretty much the you know the the freshness of the dunks were just insane i'm pretty sure he got all 50s except for one round where he got a 49 and that's some 2K stuff. You know, you do that in 2K. <laughs> you get all 50s, except for one round of 49. So Matt McClung is playing 2K in real life with the with the dunk contest. Um, but yeah, with that said, that's that's basketball. Um, 
All-Star break is done, so we're into the last stretch of games before, you know, March Madness will come for college, but, you know, come April, come May, you know, the playoff picture will really be locked in, and that's that's when basketball really gets exciting, really gets exciting. Highlander, take us through the wild sport of hockey. What's going on in the hockey world? Hockey and baseball, or basketball kind of have a similar uh, schedule. They do, actually, yes. They do. Uh, it starts, you know, hockey starts about the time that football starts. Mm-hmm. Actually, I think it starts like a month after football. Right. And then it goes all the way to April, and then June is like the playoffs, all that mm-hmm. fun stuff. going. But I'm going to start this off with actually a little fun thing for you. Oh, no. Uh, Olmark, goalie for the Boston Bruins, okay, uh, is now the 13th in league history and eighth to shoot and score as he scored a goal the other night. What <laughs> on an empty net, but he still scored. He's insane. You know, you don't really see many goalies go for the shot. He flung it down the ice like full ice, yeah. He just he just launched it, and you know Dang. what? It worked out for him. It did? It's one of those things where, you know, you love to see it. Especially because not many goalies are, like, ballsy enough to do that. Right. I think mostly because they're scared that you get an icing. Well, you get, they you know, the other team gets that offensive yeah. attack in your zone. Not a fun time. Especially if you're trying to hold a lead. Yep, yep. But to know that he just went, you know, I, I feel it. Today's the day. And he just did it. Just slot it. It's, you love to see it. I love to see that. I love to hear that. Oh, yeah. All right. Now, this week is actually a uh, pretty crazy week in hockey. Um, we're in the trade deadline week. Uh, trade deadline ends uh, this, this Friday at 3 p.m. Mm-hmm. So this past weekend, there's been uh, quite a few good trades. And I guarantee you there'll be some really big ones coming up further on. Um, let's see. Uh, we had the Colorado Avalanche acquire goaltender Keith Kincaid from the Boston Bruins mm. in exchange for forward Shane Bowers. Uh, you know, I think if I remember correctly, I'm pretty sure Colorado isn't having the best of seasons this season. They're, uh, yeah, they're, they're sixth right now in the West. Mm. So, I mean, they went, you know, last year's Stanley Cup champions, they want to do it again. Of course. So, you know, bringing in, bringing in a little bit of goalie help always helps the situation a little bit. Um, let's see. What else do we got? We have the Vancouver Canucks acquired forward Vitaly Kratsov uh, from the New York Rangers mm-hmm. in exchange for forward William Lockwood and a seventh-round pick in the 2026 NHL draft. Um, uh, let's see. We also have the Winnipeg Jets acquired... Nino Niederreiter, the National Predators, in exchange for a second-round pick in the 2024 NHL draft. Mm-hmm. You know, one thing I got to say that's really different from hockey to other sports, which I just want to add in a little bit. If you notice when there's, like, trades for, like, the NFL, mm-hmm. trades are always, like, the draft picks are always usually for that year or the year after. But you'll notice in hockey... They do trades where, like, the, the draft picks that they'll take will be, like, a couple years in the future. Yeah. It's a little a little different than what you're, like, you're used to seeing, mm-hmm. which is always something that always kind of blows my mind that someone would take, like, 
a seventh round pick in 2026. When it's like you don't even know, you don't even know what's going on in that year yet. No, not at all. Uh, uh, we then have the Dallas Stars acquired forward Evgeny Dadanov from the Montreal Canadiens in exchange for forward Denis Gurionov. I know I'm going to mess up some of these names, and I apologize ahead of time to <laughs> anyone out there. And some of these names are uh, kind of crazy. Um, yeah, yeah. We got the Vegas Golden Knights acquiring forward Ivan Barbashev from the St. Louis Blues in exchange for forward Zach Dean. Mm-hmm. Uh, big pickup there. Um, Huge pickup, yeah. We have the Colorado Avalanche acquiring defenseman Jack Johnson from the Chicago Blackhawks in exchange for defenseman Andreas England. Uh, again, Colorado being in that sixth spot, um, you know, picking up another player, like a defensive player, that can help them go a long way. Uh, this one right here is the one that is actually kind of like big news stuff. Okay, I'm ready. We have the New Jersey Devils acquire forwards Timo Meyer and Tamer uh, Ibragamov, defenseman mm. Scott Harrington and Santeri Hataka, goalie Zachary Emond, and a fifth-round pick in the 2024 uh, NHL draft uh, from the San Jose Sharks, which is you know a good one. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, the Sharks will get forwards uh, Fabian Zetterlund, Andreas Johnson, defenseman uh, Shakir Mukhamadlin, and Ooh. Nikita Otiak, and a conditional first round pick in the 2023 draft, a conditional second round pick in the 24 draft, and a seventh round pick in the 2024 NHL draft. Now the thing with this is. The Devils are a team that are currently they're uh, they're making a surprising run this season. Mm. Right now they're third in the East. Um, and the good news about that is getting a player like um, uh, like Timo Meyer is that's that's a man who can come in there and help them out on offense, get some points for them. It, that's something that the Devils the Devils want to go pretty far this season. Yeah, I mean. You're third already. I mean, you, you know, there's a good chance that you might fall off a little bit as the season gets close to the end. But right now you have 83 points. You're sitting in a good spot. I mean, again, Boston is still dominating the East. I mean, Boston has yet to get double-digit losses this season. Mm. I mean, right now Boston's up there sitting at 45 wins, uh, eight losses, and five OT losses. So, I mean, technically they do have double-digit losses. Yeah. But... It just looks clean to see 45, 8, and 5. Sitting at mm. almost perfect with 95 points already. Boston, yeah. basically, they're in. Like, Boston, they're, they're happy times. Uh, so, looking at New Jersey, picking up a good forward like that helps them, you know, push towards a little bit of something. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and then we also have that the, uh, the Tampa Bay Lightning acquire forward Tanner Jeanette from the Nashville Predators. In exchange for defenseman Cal Foot, a conditional first round pick in the 2025 NHL draft, a second round pick in the 2024 draft, and a third, fourth, and fifth in the 2023 draft. Mm. So basically, Nashville is uh, Nashville's getting some good stuff out of this. Yep. Whereas, I, I, from what I've heard, Tanner Jeanette is somewhat of like a newer player. Mm-hmm. So I guess Tampa, which I mean, Tampa with the success that they've had the past so many years now, you know, they're just they're bringing in someone a little different, trying to add a little, little spice, I guess you could say, to their defense or to their offense. Yeah. Whereas Calfoot, 
Cal Foot's been a player on the Lightning for a couple years now where he's he's been a part of their success on the defense. Like he's been part of their team during their Stanley Cup runs. Mm-hmm. So it's interesting to see them let him go to the Predators. But again, I mean, the Predators get a little help. Uh, let's see what the Predators... The Predators are currently sitting in 10th. So they're outside the playoffs right now. Mm-hmm. But right now, 8th is Seattle at 70. Ninth is Calgary at 66. And they're there at 64. They're still in it. They so, are. I mean, you know, you get a good defensive player. You might be able to push up a little bit and possibly hit that A spot before April. Mm-hmm. Um, we also have the uh, Nashville Predators also acquire forward Isaac Ratcliffe from the Philadelphia Flyers in exchange for future consideration. Mm. Interesting to see what that will end up being down the road of what those future considerations are. Right. But uh, yeah, that's that's that news. Uh, there was also big news with yesterday's um, uh, what was it? It was the Pittsburgh versus Lightning game last night. Mm-hmm. Where they were uh, down two one in the first period, mm-hmm. and then uh, they scored six in the second period. Wow! And if I, I'm pretty sure they scored four of them in the matter of like two minutes and something. It was like the it was a crazy record thing that they did last night. Yeah, and I was gonna say is that, beating, is that a record to score six goals in a it, period? It, it was something wild, like. I think it was like, what was it, like four and maybe like three minutes, I think. It was some mm-hmm. crazy stat thing where it was like, that's just insane. And then it ended up beating the Lightning 7-3. Dang. So that was a big, big win for the for the Penguins leading into that one. Huge uh, win. Recently, I've noticed the NHL is a lot different than what it used to be. Uh, the NHL used to have a lot of close games. Mm-hmm. This season has had a lot of blowouts. And it makes you just wonder why. why. Yeah. Are why the is getting worse or are the offensive players getting better? I mean, yeah. Like, if I if I go through some of the scores last night, just last night's game alone, you have Buffalo 7-4. Uh, Islanders won 4 nothing. Uh, the only one that was actually semi-close, actually the one that was close, was the Minnesota-Columbus game, which ended in overtime 3-2. Hmm. Islanders 4 nothing, Winnipeg. The Rangers 5-2 to the LA Kings. Mm-hmm. Of course, like I said, Pittsburgh 7-3 Tampa. Toronto 5-1 Seattle. And Nashville 6-2 to Arizona. Hmm. It's, it's becoming a score fest in the NHL race. It is. Yeah. I mean, you you like think like those goalies are pretty big. The nets are pretty small. Like do, do they need to shrink the nets more? I I don't think it's the goalies. I just think it's these these young players now are mm-hmm. doing some crazy things that, honestly, it, they're making hockey exciting. Would you say most of the goalies are veterans? Um, I mean, you have your veterans out there, but I feel like there is a lot more youth in goalies now. Hmm. I mean, a lot of like the old school goalies, they've retired now mostly. Yeah. Like I mean, and again. You have you have players doing like the Michigan and stuff like that on people where they're like scoring behind the net, mm-hmm. and I mean, as a goalie, how do you really prepare for someone to just out of nowhere lift the puck up on their stick behind your net and scoop it into you? Like yes. it's just yeah. I mean, when you when you have like trick stuff like that happen, it, it's getting harder for the goalie.
good segue into baseball here. And uh, so baseball is here, and I am up to the bat, if you will. Mm, I like yeah, it. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, no, no tomatoes, please. Um, <clears throat> so baseball is here, almost here, actually. We're getting out of the realm of current sports, and we're diving into the realm of the preseason now. So we went from postseason to, you know, in season to now to preseason. Uh, so baseball, I wasn't sure what I was going to talk about with this baseball thing, but I just realized that there's a lot of rule changes this year um, mm-hmm. to baseball. And uh, as we can see here, one of which the most important and the biggest being a pitch timer that is in effect for pitchers. But this does, it doesn't just affect pitchers anymore. It also affects the batters in some sense. So in an, in an attempt to shorten the games, they have introduced a pitch timer. So pitchers can't just roam around and take their time and just milk the batter and the batter steps out and makes the pitcher. It's It was a mental game. It was kind of fun to watch, but it was mostly just annoying. Um, so now pitchers are on a pitch timer. From the start of the game, you throw your first pitch, or the start of the inning, you throw your first pitch, you're on the clock, 15 seconds, before you need to throw another pitch. So that's for the pitcher. For the batter, you need to be in the batter's box and looking at the pitcher, ready for the pitch to be thrown by eight seconds, or else you get a strike added on to you immediately. You get a strike added on to you immediately. And uh, this, the first person to fall prey to this was uh, San Diego Padres player Manny Machado. Dislike oh, no. him very much. So good good on him. Um, but, uh, yeah, so in, in an interview that he was given after the game, he said, yeah, it's going to be a uh, – I'm going to have to get used to that, and I'm probably going to be down 0-1 quite a lot this year. <laughs> so, uh, you know, he's he's – that was a good answer by him, honestly. Yeah. Automatic ball. Oh, automatic ball or strike. I don't know how the ball works. Oh, I guess if the pitcher doesn't do it. Yep. If the pitcher yeah, isn't ready, I, I it's the ball. That makes pitcher. sense. Yep. Yep. So now there's more else. There's shift restrictions. So a shift in baseball is when the defense puts most of their team in one side of the of the field versus the other side because, you know, right-handers are going to more than likely hit it to the left side of the of the field. You know, left-hander is going to hit it to the right side of the field. So, you know, teams you'll, you'll you you see teams constantly shifting back and forth between the batter, and uh, so it's going to lead to more hits and more athleticism. In my mind, it's going to lead to more injuries. But um, I didn't mind the shift, honestly. It kind of made the batter had to be better, and we still saw a, a lot of offense because of it. So, I mean. I, I don't know. I don't know about the shift restriction. I mean, it's it's interesting. It it definitely reduces baseball down to its core um, mechanics. Um, infielders need both feet on dirt at pitch release. That's interesting. The infielders do. They can't. No, they can't be out in the outfield. Then that makes sense. I like that rule actually. I kind of do like that rule. Uh, and then another big rule is bigger bases. So. This was happening a lot this past season, especially where um, runners were getting hurt because there just wasn't enough space on the base for them to slide or just get in effectively. So bigger bases, they're going for increased safety um, and more aggressive base running, which I see from there, which is nice. Uh, We haven't really seen a lot of steals. I mean, we've seen them 
but like it's mainly just from the really really fast guys which makes sense but i i do love seeing uh bases stolen uh, back when i was playing in modified baseball oh man little eighth grade me if i ever got on the base which was rare i was stealing and so i love watching the steal and uh i also love watching the the catchers trying to throw them out some of those catchers are just insane with their arms but um so yeah those are the three major rules that um they have implemented this year which is very surprising um very surprising uh, because the this pitch timer conversation was has been in effect for probably the past five six years i mean people have been wanting this for a long long time um and now they have it. So we'll we'll see how that works out. I mean, 15 seconds, you count 15 seconds in your head, and it's a long time. You play it out in a game, and it's like, man, especially when you have from 15 seconds to 8 seconds for the batter to be ready, like, you can't do any sort of, like, long ritual anymore. Like, you got to get in there, and you got to, like, change your rhythm up to when you're ready and looking at the pitcher with 8 seconds left. So I like it. I really do because uh, I'll be able to get to see this rule change in effect, actually. May 9th, I'm going to go see Red Sox at Braves. It's happening again this year, which is very surprising, actually, because they normally don't play. But, um, yeah, so May 9th, I'll be there. I'll be there. I'll be cheering on my my boys and uh, hoping we don't lose, which we might. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so talking about preseason talking about uh stuff going on in baseball they've got the preseason games are underway like i said uh, so we've seen the the rules in action um and i haven't paid much attention to the off or to the off season of baseball but um i know from the red sox point of view we lost a lot of people and it's very sad to see um we picked up some people, but we've lost more of our of our main people. I mean, we we made the Padres stronger. I know that uh, Xander Bogarts is is a Padre, which is terrifying because they have so many weapons now. Um, yeah, so next week I will definitely have some more for baseball um, in in the terms of trades and free agency and that kind of stuff going on, but. Um, Way too early prediction from me for World Series. It's gonna be. I do. I think the Padres are getting to the World Series. I do. I really. I. I Ooh. think they're getting to. I think they're getting to the World Series. Unfortunately, for me, I think Red. I think the Red Sox are going to be last in our division again this year, which is very unfortunate. But. Our division is stacked as well. I mean, the Oriole, the Orioles are good. The Yankees are good. I mean, the Rays are solid. And Tampa are all solid teams. So it's it's not surprising that Boston is going to be bottom of the barrel again this year. Um, but, yeah. So Padres in the World Series. That's what I'm saying. Padres are in the World Series. And... Um, hold on, hold on. That's uh, that's a bold prediction. I think so. I mean, they they have the pieces. They have the pieces. 
Um, they just have to get past the Dodgers is, is the thing. They do. They do. They have to get past the Dodgers. But I think they could because, I mean, the Dodgers have picked up a lot of players over the past couple of years, and they are a powerhouse team as well. But the Padres have been having their own powerhouse team for a little while now. And I think I think they're going to make it. I really do. If not, then they'll get very close. Like they'll probably go to the championship game, maybe. But um, I I think I think they'll do it. I think they'll do it. And for the for the other side, I'm not entirely sure who's going to make it. I could see there's so there's so many teams actually. There's so many teams. I, mean, I, I could see I could see the Yankees getting there. Which is just terrible. Uh, <laughs> I mean, people from our, my own division, I could see getting there. Uh, yeah, so hold out. Next week, I'll have the I'll have the American League. I'll have them. I'll have the, I'll have their World Series to take on the Padres next. Um, oh, you're leaving everyone on the cliffhanger. Yeah, I, like I am. So get ready. Get ready. So, with with baseball out of the way, let's turn our view over to the National Rugby League. In the future, we're going to have Regal come on because he is our resident Australian rugby genius. Uh, but for now, we're going to have Highlander. Genius is, genius is a little bit of a uh, little bit of a uh, overshot there, but you know, I, we don't have the capabilities to bring Regal on right now, unfortunately. But in the future, we will. <laughs> Uh, we definitely will. Um, so yes. So for the first episode, let's, let's get Highlander's opinion on uh, all things rugby, um, because I mean Highlander's been putting in the hours. He's been putting in the hours for rugby, so I trust him. I thanks, trust him. you know, honestly, thanks to uh, to Regal yeah. and uh, the Australians that have got me into this wonderful sport. Which I mean, it's kind of a trade off. Uh, you know, I I got Regal, and uh, you know. Rego into the NFL, so it's only it was only fair that he also you know got me into his country's you know yeah fun sport, which I mean this will be my second. I mean is it? Or, I think this might actually be my second third full year season, technically. maybe like yeah second full season. Well, I mean I'm pretty sure it was like three seasons ago was when Regal first tried get me into it. Yeah. Um. And I was like, I watched here and there. Didn't really like choose a team. Like, oh yeah, it's 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 interesting. Last season though, I really got into it. You know, I got into the whole fantasy side of it. Mm-hmm. Um, learned a lot last season, honestly, about a lot of things. And uh, that's why I am honored to uh, to you know talk about this kind of thing now that I kind of understand what's going on. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, and with that, you know, good news to, to anyone who's interested in the NRL. Actually, I, I have one thing to say, actually. I want to get your opinion oh, on this. Yes. De- direct your attention to the screen. Okay, Spencer, Spencer Lanou leaving the Panthers at the end of this season. What about that? Yeah, that's, honestly, it's a, it's a, that one right there is actually a crazy thing for the fact of the Panthers are losing yet again another player now. Which actually, which you know what's crazy about that Regal is I I seen that, but the thing about it is the NRL has not confirmed that yet. There's nothing I've did a lot of research today. No 
specific professional has confirmed that yet. Hmm. That is only a like rumored thing. Uh, do I think it's going to happen? Probably. But I feel like there's hope that he could go somewhere else still. Oh, okay. Well, see. Once I'm, I'm still ho- holding out hope, though, until we see, you know, the actual confirmation of it. We're getting reports from Regal directly. Lenu said it himself. He's going to the Roosters at the end of this season. Welcome so, to our own news. Uh, well, you know that's that's something. But uh, so, what, what does that mean for the Roosters next season, Highlander? Because the Roosters I... are kind of the laughing the laughing stock of the NRL, right? No, they're no, not they're the not. laughing stock. No, okay. no, 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 no. The Roosters are a pretty pretty good team. Okay, that are uh, no, no. Honestly, the laughing stock of the team or of the league. Last season and the season before that, I it was the uh, Gold Coast Titans. I, I'm sorry, if there's any fans out there. Um, I apologize for you guys for the suffering that you have to witness on every week. Uh, but after the preseason, I, I honestly think the laughing stock this season could be the the Dolphins, the brand new team into the league. Mm. But no, the Roosters. Roosters are a really good team. As much as I don't like to admit that, being a Bunnies fan, the uh, the Roosters are basically like the Cowboys to us mm. in the NFL. So basically, big rivals. You know, we're the South Sydney Rabbitohs. They're the Sydney Roosters. Yeah. So, you know, there's a little bit of that kind of thing. Um, so adding that, I mean, they just added in Brandon Smith to mm. be their hooker this year. That's a big pickup coming from Melbourne. He, you know, he did a lot of great things for the Storm. Now that he's coming over to uh, the Roosters this season, I think he'll help out that Roosters team a lot this season. Mm-hmm. Um, is and then now picking if they really do pick up Spencer Lenu, who has been on a team now who's won back to back premierships. Mm-hmm. I mean that Roosters team. Is looking like they're trying to, uh, you know, win it all. They they want it, which it's shocking that he didn't go to the Bulldogs though, because uh, recently the Bulldogs have also taken a couple ex uh, Panther players. So currently, there's a lot of Panther players that are leaving and going to these other teams now. To where I'm starting to think that the the reign of the Panthers might be over soon. Hmm. Which uh, I mean, to some, as exciting. Okay, I like that. Um, uh, you know, other than that, I mean, the only the only crazy news that really comes out of the uh, the NRL currently before the season begins is that uh, following the twenty twenty three season, uh, Brisbane Bronco players Herbie Farnworth and Thomas Flegler are set to join the Dolphins for the twenty twenty four season. Oh. Uh, Farnworth is signing a three year deal. And Flegler is signing a four-year deal. Meanwhile, uh, the Broncos forward uh, Corey Jensen and hooker Corey Pakes has resigned with the club on a two-year contract extension. Mm. So, uh, Broncos losing two people, but they get the key, they're keeping two people at the same time. Um, do I think that Harry Farmworth and Thomas Flegler going to the Dolphins is a smart move? I mean, for the Dolphins, it's a good move. For them, of course, I think it's a. Uh, an interesting one to say the least. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the Dolphins are one of those teams that might struggle for a few years, 
before they finally start, you know, going decently. Mm-hmm. So to to leave a team like the Broncos and go to the Dolphins is it, it's it's strange to me. But I mean, who knows? Maybe those those two go over there and they help change the, the dynamic of the Dolphins. I mean, yeah, the Broncos though, for in my opinion, this season is one of the top teams this season. I think. Mm-hmm. I think the Broncos are one of those teams that will. Uh, possibly make the grand finals even. So, I mean, lo- losing two players is always a side to see after the season. But, I mean, hopefully they have a really good season and those players can go out with a little bit of a bang for Brisbane. Mm-hmm. Uh, we also have that the uh, the Sharks center Jesse Ramian has re-signed with the club on a three-year contract extension. Uh, with him being already committed to this season... Uh, the new contract will see the 25-year-old remain in the Sharks jersey until at least the end of the 2026 season. Mm. Uh, staying on the Sharks, uh, this is breaking news for round one. Uh, Sharks player Nico Hines is in doubt for Saturday's season opener against the Rabbitohs due to a calf strain. Oh. Uh, Hines told reporters on Monday he wasn't sure if he would line up after picking up an injury at training last week. So that that is a that's huge news for the Sharks because I mean, Nico Hines is one of their star players. Um, mm-hmm. Without Hines, I think the Sharks get absolutely destroyed on Saturday. I mean, I, I, either way, I, I kind of had even though I mean, yes, it sounds biased, but right. on paper, the Bunnies are the better team. So I had the Bunnies beating the Sharks no matter what. But now with Hines, if he doesn't play. That's just going to be, I, I think it's just going to be really bad for the Sharks in a long, long uh, opener. for. Them. And I mean, I, I mean, I, I had the Spencer Lenu thing with on here as well, but you, you, you hit me with that as a surprise. You hit me with the surprise Lenu one. <laughs> I did, I did. I wasn't, I, I wasn't ready for that. Bam, I was like, wow, look at that. I had it pulled up. I had it pulled yeah, up. You got, you know what? It, it was shocking to see that though. I'm not going to lie. It yeah. makes me wonder what other Panther is going to be leaving next mm-hmm. with the way that they're all. I mean, there's one Panther that we all know won't be leaving. Nathan Cleary. At least we don't think he'll leave his dad. Mm-hmm. I mean, it'd be weird if he did. Right. Why would he? Exactly. But yeah, the exciting news of that is, you know, three days NRL is officially back. Mm. I mean, that's yeah. Crichton leaving at the end of the season. That's that's uh, that's a big one. I mean, everything that kind of like all the stars of the Panthers leaving the team, it's just it's crazy because the last couple seasons, as much as like, you know, you want your team to beat them and stuff, the Panthers have been a fun team to watch of how dominant they are. Mm-hmm. So the more players are losing, the more you start to go will they be as flashy and exciting as they've been or, you know, which I mean in the preseason game where they played with the, uh, the world uh, club series they did where they faced the super leagues champion, which is the Australian league versus the, uh, the British league mm-hmm. winner of both those leagues face each other. Uh, that happened. And mm-hmm. uh, honestly, that game was actually kind of terrible on both sides. Uh, very low scoring, 
Um, and uh, it was only a 13-12 game for the whole game. Uh, it, it actually went to Golden Point shot somehow. I mean, the whole game, uh, St. Helens had the lead, and Penrith just... Penrith did not look good at all. The, their hooker position looked terrible, mm. which again they've lost. They lost Coruscant to the Tigers, so I mean, it showed. Yeah, it definitely showed there. Um, I'm hoping when they get their fullback Dylan Edwards back uh, for round one, that the Panthers will look a little bit better than what they did because that team they look lost mm-hmm. in it, and to lose to St. Helens, I mean. A lot, I, I've seen a lot of Australians talking about this. How it's just, it was an embarrassing loss for them. Hmm. A, a team that's supposedly as dominant as the Panthers are as well. I mean, it took them so long to get a try. And then when they finally got their second try, was at the very end of the game. Hmm. Which was honestly, I don't even know how they got the second try. It was like, it, somehow it was some kind of like weird play that turned out to be, it worked. Yeah. It shouldn't have worked, but it did. And then of course, Golden Point. Uh, Crichton, which is funny because he's leaving the, the you know the team at the season. Um, first play of Golden Point, uh, Crichton dropped the ball <laughs> and gave the ball to the, the St. Helens team, and uh, St. Helens kicked the uh, field goal for the win. Beautiful. And it was a very sad day for that, but yeah. With that, uh, uh, I'm pretty sure that's basically all for the NRL. And again, next week will be a lot more exciting because. I mean, the season will be out started. We'll know a lot more. Yeah, yeah. First, a little bit more. First to talk matches about will, will happen. Have happened. Oh yeah. Possible. The, will the, get, will the whole first round have happened yet, or no? Not yet. When we record uh, only next week. only one team. One team. Because uh, there's a bye every week. Is, yes, because of the fact that they added the Dolphins in this year and didn't add a second team with them. Mm-hmm. The, the league is now uneven. So because of that, there must be a bye week. Every week for at least one team, mm. which is sad. So this week uh, we will be missing out on the dragons, I believe. Yes, the dragons. Dragons. The dragons get. They're the first team that loses out on their uh, the first round. Which hopefully, I'm hoping that they get this figured out soon. Yeah. So that way, you know, we can get all the games again and all that fun stuff. But yeah, every other team that will have their first. I mean, it would need to be next season though, that they would figure that out. Right. They would need to bring on another team (sighs) or cut a team, but probably bring on another team. They would definitely bring on. Yeah. They would definitely bring on another one. They can't just add a team mid season. That wouldn't work. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, so it's one of those things where without there even being really being talks, I don't know if it would even be set for, uh, it would set for next season. Yeah. I think it would be like two seasons from now we'd finally get a second. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Without further ado, let's move on to the esports report. Brought to you in part by my brain. Um so yeah, well, we don't have any sponsors yet, so yeah, well, you know, I've got a, you know, hint, wink, wink, nudge, nudge. You know, there's a spot open. There's many spots open, actually. But listen, um, listen we'll take anything. Well, I mean, you know, we'll, we'll we'll consider a lot of things. Let's let's not say we'll take a lot of things, but 
yeah, yeah. So, first off, uh, I'm going to talk about the Call of Duty League because that's the one that I know the most about and the one where Highlander also knows the most about. So, um, for those of you who do not know, the Call of Duty League is the video game Call of Duty um, played competitively. Um, it is actually how Highlander and I met. Uh, when both of us had aspirations of becoming professional Call of Duty players, my, how ignorant we were. Um, not ignorant, just dumb. Um, <laughs> we, we sold ourselves quite high, but uh, that is how Highlander and I met, uh, fun fact, back in 2013 on a game called Black Ops 2, best Call of Duty to date. Um, change my mind, you won't. So don't even try. <clears throat> anyway. This year, fourth season of the Call of Duty League, the actual league set up by Activision, set up by Call of Duty themselves. Um, and it's a banger. And so I want to talk about uh, the breaking news that has happened recently. Just late last week, we got news that the LA Gorillas are going to be losing their spot in the Call of Duty League. They're going to be pulling out, withdrawing. They're actually, the the organization, the Guard, um, has fired all their employees, um, and they are pulling all of their teams, except for their Valorant squad, I believe. Um, so crazy moves out of the Guard to just drop everybody and fire everybody. But uh, yeah, so the Los Angeles Gorillas, who are not doing too hot either, let me say, um, are, are, they need a buyer, pretty much. And the buy-in for the Call of Duty League is $25 million. Um, so yeah, open up your, your wallets, people. Um, so yeah, that, that, that's, that is the biggest news that has happened for sure. Uh, I'm, I'm hearing reports that the OW team will also compete. Oh, the OW team for the guard. Who who are they? Uh, question. I think they're just the guard. Are they the LA? Are they the LA Gladiators? Overwatch team. Yeah, they're the Gladiators. The LA Gladiators mm. are there. Right, but at the end of this season, they'll be done. They'll be done Probably. at the end of their respective seasons. If a buyer is not found for their franchise slots, yeah. So that's that's what I'm reporting on. They're still playing for the remainder of the season that they have. But come the off season of their prospective esports, they're done. Unless they get a buyer. Right. Right. If they get a buyer, it's fine. If they don't, who knows? Which, I mean, honestly, the whole $25 million buy in is just extremely greedy on Activision, extremely greedy on the Call of Duty League in general. I mean, we don't even have that big of, a, of an audience. We do now that it's back on Twitch, but still, I mean, you're just, you're just being extremely greedy for something that you don't get much return on investment for. Um, so there's, there's that. Uh, I, I personally think that if you lower the price for like a $5 million buy-in, we would, we'd be getting so many different teams jumping in. We would have a 32 team league. It would be absolutely insane. But right now we have 12 teams and I mean, the level of competition is insane. Like it, like it would be with twelve teams, obviously, but um, yeah, yeah, it's, it is just absolutely mind blowing that they are just going to be dropping out for apparently no no big reason. Honestly, just just this is what we're doing. Um, so taking our attention over to the standings of the Call of Duty League for this year, uh, we've had two majors 
So that, so this the College of Duty League is split into five majors for the year, and then you have championship, uh, the championship tournament champs at the end of that. Uh, probably going to happen in like June-ish. So um, as of right now, these are the 12 teams that you see on your screen here. Atlanta Faze up top. Nobody's surprised by that. New York Subliners have had a crazy uh, start to their season this year, uh, dropping Crim 6 in the offseason. Crim 6 retiring, actually, uh, for the offseason. And uh, roster mania galore for Call of Duty, as always. Um, but uh, biggest news recently as well is that Optic Scumpy, uh, the man, the myth, the legend, is has retired uh, right after this Major 2. He retired after the first game of Major 3. He retired. He was supposed to go the entire year, but um, he misjudged his energy. And he retired early. He's been he's been playing professional Call of Duty for the past thirteen seasons, pretty much all with Optic. Um, and yeah, in my mind, he is the greatest Call of Duty player of all time, uh, due to his submachine gun role and just the impact that he's had year in year out. He has never really had a bad year, if you don't count World War II, which was just a terrible Call of Duty, um, especially competitively. Um, so yeah, he, he's the goat. No, no questions. Once again, you won't change my mind. You just won't do it. Um, but yeah, this this is how the the league is stacking up this year. And uh, so we've had two winners so far. We've had FaZe winning the last major two. We had New York Subliners winning major one. Um, and honestly, I mean, with the, with the league being so stacked as it is, we could see many, many, many teams, you know, getting hot on any given weekend and taking a major. Um, funnily enough, this this stage three has been rather disappointing for one team, Minnesota Rocker. Um, although they're 10-8, and eight, as you can see, they are currently 0-3 right now in this split, if you will. Um, after they had a fantastic run at major two, they ended up top three at major two, and then they've just had a 0 and 3 stink show uh for major 3 so far. Um so who knows what's going on with them if they're just land monsters if, if they just don't like online play, you know? It's normally the opposite. You normally really good online and you you don't show up for land. But um not with them, I guess. They just they like land and they don't like online. So uh yeah, so hot take for major 3 victors. I could see FaZe repeating. I could see Ultra coming in hot. I could see Thieves coming in. But other than those three, I don't see, I don't see Subliners coming in. I think Subliners are more of a beginning team. They just figured out the game, and they're still solid. They're still really good, but I don't see them making it that far in any really major anymore. So especially with the level of play, with the trades that have been happening, um... Yeah, so FaZe, Ultra Thieves, I could see them taking it. I probably I'm gonna give Ultra. I'm gonna give Ultra the the win here, uh, for for major three in in the Optic Texas Major. Uh Optic Texas Major, Major Three. I'm giving it to the Toronto Ultra. And uh we'll we'll definitely I'll do a little something later on uh when the actual major comes to give predictions and map counts and everything and 
give a little more in it give a little more updates on Call of Duty as a whole then. Um Rocket League is honestly just kind of starting out again since their last world championship pretty much. So I haven't really watched much of them. Um so there's not really much to report on there. But Halo, um Halo has started back up again and um they just had their first uh, LAN in where Optic Gaming took it. Uh, they defeated FaZe Game... FaZe... Not FaZe Gaming. FaZe Clan. Uh, in not only the Grand Finals, but they also faced them in the Winner's Finals and reverse swept them to get to the Grand Finals and then put them down in the Grand Finals as well. Um, so this would be the third time in a row that Optic has won, uh, dating back to last season. They won the last major, and then they won the World Championships, and now they won the world, the first major of this year. So Optic is on is firing on all cylinders. Honestly, I mean they are the best the best team in the game. Time in time out, they're always really far. Um, they go on a run. They go on a run, and uh, the the biggest person of note for optic gaming in the halo side is mr optic formal right here um came into the to esports in halo originally moved from halo to call of duty back many years ago in cod ghosts so about 10 years ago became the greatest ar we've ever seen in uh call of duty history retires at the end of Black Ops Cold War, so two seasons ago now, says he's done. Psych, he's going to Halo again. Halo Infinite drops. It's a great game. He plays it, loves it, gets his spot on Optic, and uh, they win. They win things because Formal is there, the human UAV, always calling out, always being a nuisance, having the aim of just a Navy SEAL. Pretty much. So, Highlander didn't give you a chance to speak at all about Call of Duty. <laughs> the the one thing that you could have talked about, pretty much, well, not the one thing, but the thing you could have talked about with the most uh, gusto, you know, LA Thieves. How have you have you been watching much COD? I've watched, I've watched a bit this season. Mm-hmm. Um, you know. I will say that this COD is a lot more fun to watch than than previous CODs. Yeah. It, um, yeah. My one downside to this season is I just there's some maps that I feel are terrible. Yep. And, you know, I, I still, to this day, wish that there could be a COD that just made different guns but kind of kept, like, some of the best maps or at least made maps that are similar to that. For instance... Uh, one of the maps that I hate the most, and I know this from playing ranked play recently, is El Asilo. Mm-hmm. There's uh, control and search on that map. Mm-hmm. And the the biggest takeaway I have from that map is you could have all four of your players talking to each other, watching all four lanes, and yet somehow someone's still behind you and flanks and, and kills the whole team. Yep. Because there's just there's just way too much open area and weird like paths. That's just it's so weird. 
You know, it's so it's bad when every single round is basically behind us, behind, yeah, I'm dead from behind. Other than that, it, it's been a fun year of of, of COD watching. Um, it has been. Yeah, I I, I, I want to call you out on uh, on something that you missed though. Oh, uh, you know, you 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 made the comments about you know the the goat scump uh okay. retiring. Yeah, yeah. But you missed out on the next tournament after that. Uh. We had the loss of Methods. Yeah, Methods, a.k.a. AKA Zinni. Yeah, Methods did retire. He he then retired at the next event. Player for the Boston Um, Breach. Yeah, yeah, which he's been a a staple. He's been a staple. He has has one championship to his name. Which, Um, I mean, I feel like he deserved more. He definitely did. He definitely got the short end of the stick. I mean, he he was replaced on on Toronto Ultra uh, back in the beginning of Black Ops Cold War. And... Uh, I mean, rightfully so, but also not really, because he wasn't underperforming by any by yeah, any no. stretch of the imagination. I mean, he had the only one v four that we saw, like up to that point uh, for that game. So, but with that said, Insight comes in. Insight is a tremendous player, full of youth, full of uh, the gunny, and he is. I mean, it, it was it was a smart move, but Methods was relegated to challengers and i mean good on him he he made it out of there you know and i mean he was the face of an organization the new boston organization that came in and uh, i was rooting for him i really was i mean you know if they weren't facing optic i was rooting for boston because i mean you know i like my boston teams but um yeah so he, he he called it quits after uh last major major two and uh it was in boston so it was a great send out for him and then a couple of days later, he moves on to Optic Gaming. He moves on to Optic Gaming. And uh, I actually did see... Hold on a second. I did see... And to clarify to people who don't know, he moved Optic to be a content creator. He did. Not, he did. Not, not, not Optic to play. Not to play. No, not to play. Um, let's see. Just wanted to clear that up. Not that, you know... Yeah. Seemed like he took Scum's place. Yeah, no, that didn't happen. No, no, not at all. Not at all. Yes. So, coming down the pipeline, March 5th. Okay. We've got Skump and Methods making their own post-show. Love that. To the Call of Duty League. Called The Breakdown. March 5th. Is it bad that I'm not surprised by that? Not surprised at all. No. I mean, from Skump, I mean... Methods did say that Skump was a big reason why he retired because they because they had plans when Skump was going to retire that Zinni was going to retire shortly afterwards, and then they were going to both do their thing on optics. So just just moved him up a little bit, moved up the timeline a little bit from Skump retiring right. to Zinni retiring. But honestly, I mean Zinni's still getting hate. He really is because everyone's just like, man, I wish. I wish Methods didn't just automatically come with Scump, and I'm just like, man, come on. Methods is hilarious. He's hilarious, and he's a great guy to have for an organization. He knows what to say. He's very professional. He uh, cares about other people and his opinions, and he has opinions. He's a talker. He's kind of like kind of like me, but uh, yeah, so that's, that's big news for Optic Gaming as a whole and for Scump, and especially Oct- or not Octane, uh, Zinni. 
because he he had a little bit of his uh, content days when he was down in Challengers, and he really liked it. He said he he did really well actually. He was judge of the or co host or guest of the year on the flank, which is Zuma's podcast for Phase. Um, he was guest of the year back on the uh, Black Ops Cold War season. And he was doing great in the content game. He he gained a lot of followers, and those followers followed him to Boston, and uh, he gave them a great, you know, base to go off of. So he's done a lot for this league, and uh, I like seeing that he's on a very solid organization. He's with, you know, one of his great friends in Scump, and and they're doing a lot of stuff together. So uh, it's good stuff. It's good stuff. I, I didn't forget about Zinni. I just didn't think... Based on the caliber of Scump retiring, I didn't think it was as important. I mean, it's important. You, you just have the major one retirement. And you, know, you have to do the major. Now it makes you wonder, is anyone going to retire to major three? Are we going to have three straight retirements? Yeah. Yeah. Um, that could be, you know, that could be the whole thing for this season. It's just a new retirement after every major this year. It could be. I mean, the next person on the chopping block would be Clayster, but uh, oh, you know what? But I don't see him leaving. Honestly, he, no, he's got he's got it, too much fight in him. And I mean, he's he's Paris's guy. I mean, you could say it's Donnie Temp, I but I don't know if it's fire no. he has in him or just he just I don't know. I think he's he just, just has that thing where yeah, I just think he <laughs> he's won't just quit. Stubborn. Even, yeah. I mean, Clayster could be the worst on the team, and he still would be like. No, I'm playing. Uh, someone else is the problem. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, for sure. I mean, you know, people say that Clayster is the only one left, which, I mean, he technically is the only one left standing from the old days. But I also don't really find that 100% true. Or I don't I don't believe that because I feel like Skump was the last one standing because Clayster also had his stint in Challengers very recently where he was let go from organizations because he wasn't doing enough. And... And then he, he he fought back, you know, good on him. But, like, he hasn't stayed in it like all the other old guys did. They they didn't go down to Challengers. They didn't have to go down to Challengers because they always gave their orgs what they needed. And, you know, going down to Challengers wasn't even an option. Uh, I think Krim, maybe this year, he would go down to Challengers, but he wasn't doing that. Um, so, in my mind, Skump was the last one standing, <laughs> even though Clayster is still in there uh, fighting. But... Uh, yeah, no, I mean, Clayster, he's a great player. I mean, he's great, but at the same time, it's it's kind of time for him, too. I mean, he's... He's a good hype man. He is a good hype man. He is a good hype man. That's true. Yeah, that, that's the, one of the main things he's known for is when he's yelling and going crazy, mm-hmm. usually his teams win. Yeah. But when he's not in the yelling and, you know, going wild moment, that usually means his team is getting... Well, they're usually getting knocked out of whatever tournament they're, they're getting in. worked on. I mean, but him being on Paris this year has definitely risen them to to a new level because Paris was the laughing stock of the league last year. They were bottom of the of the leaderboard. I think they got one win. Are they still Paris? The, they're not. They're not Paris anymore. They're Vegas. Vegas Legion. That's okay, right. Yeah, I was like, I was like, wait a minute. I'm like, wait. I thought they weren't Paris anymore. Yes, they are Vegas. They are Vegas. So that's my mistake. <laughs> Old habits die hard. Three years of them being, yeah. being pairs. Uh, now they're Vegas. So, um, yeah, Vegas. Um, yeah. So, other than that, um, that's, you know, really, that's really all I had for the eSport report. Unless you want I have a hot take. something to say. Okay, for, hot take. I love it. I have a hot take for the CDL. Okay. Who do you see for major uh, three champions? 
uh, major three champions. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm going to go with a little crazy one here, and I'm going to go ahead and say Optic. Really? I, I think they have the most to prove. Yeah, yeah. So a little backstory. Optic has had a crazy season this year, which is why Scump also retired, I believe, because it was just too much hectic uh too much hectic stuff going on. Uh, their 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 absolute star AR Dashy was all almost dropped from the team during the off season as well as Illy. Then they both came back as a yeah we pranked you but not really it was actually real. Um, Major one didn't go their way. They were dropping Dashy again to to pick up Hook from the LA Gorillas. Nonetheless, the team we just talked about from just dropping their Hook dodged a bullet. Honestly, yeah. <laughs> and Hook has been playing pretty well as of late. As of late, he came into the Optic camp and he did. He's done well for them, uh, as well as you can be expected, I guess, for a player of his, of his situation. But um, so then Scump retires, and then they're just like, "Oh man, who are we going to pick up now?" And you know, it's Dashy. Dashy come back, comes back in again, back into Optic after he was trash talking. Everybody, not everybody, but mainly Rambo Ray, their coach, for bowling during scrims, um, which wasn't denied, but it is what it is, I guess. Um, so now Major 2 didn't go the way they wanted. I mean, they got top four still, which is very, very typical. Um, so they drop Illy again. So at the end of the day, Illy's gone. Dash is there, which... During the offseason, Illy, Illy left because they were getting rid of Dashy, so now it's Uno reverse card. Just kidding. You're gone. I'm staying. Um, so now they pick up Challengers player Ghosty, which is the first time Optic has picked up a Challenger player ever because they haven't needed to, honestly. Everyone wants to play for Optic. Everyone wants to go there. Um, people were thinking that it was going to be Arsides. It was actually going to be Pred from Seattle Surge, but Surge kind of trolled the whole situation and said to Optic, yeah, we were actually weren't serious about this at all. Um, so they ended up going with Ghosty. And Ghosty has been the best AR in the Challenger scene for a long time now. And he's come into the league and he's he's proven himself. He really has. I mean, it, it was a very good pickup by him. So I could see I could see Optic getting hot. I could see it. They've got a whole bunch of young guys with uh you know Dashy being the oldest guy now, which is crazy because I still view him as a young as a young kid. Um but yeah, so I, I don't I don't hate that I don't hate that take. I don't hate that take. But that wasn't your that wasn't your hot take. So what, what was no. your hot take? This hot take is gonna be something that I feel like a lot of uh people from back in the day caught would agree. Oh. I think the CDL making this a league mm-hmm. kinda killed COD a little bit. I mean, yes, COD is still yes. exciting, but like I I miss the old school ways of COD in a way. Yeah, yeah, I like I this hear whole buy-in you. thing is just again. We used to have like hundreds of teams. Like COD yeah. champs used to be, there would at least be a team from every continent mm-hmm. competing, and like you'd see a team from Australia or something like that pull some crazy upsets, and you're like, "This Come is awesome!" Nowhere. Never yeah. heard of this team before in my life. They're just some random team that won the Oceania uh, area, mm-hmm. got into COD champs. And now they're in the top eight. And it was mm-hmm. like, crazy to see. Now with doing the CDL COD League, one, it limits, like, to me, 
people getting into the league. Oh, for sure. Now it's even harder because I mean, there's only there's only twelve teams. Twelve teams. And I mean, twenty five million dollar buy, and I wonder why. Yeah, well, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think that that right there is the dumbest thing ever. That then he's down. You drop that, and I guarantee you, even ten million. Most that's what I mean. Most orgs could probably swing that. Like you'd have so many more. If this t- if this league had like fifty teams, oh yeah, COD would be so exciting. It would be insane to watch, but it would be almost impossible to watch actually. But um, I mean, I do like the structure. The conferences, I feel at that point. Oh, for sure. the 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 structure of the league is good. I think it's good. They finally have it in a place where it makes sense. The structure is good. I like. I do like the. Um, you know the the security that the players have now because yeah, that, that wasn't yeah. a thing back in the day. It really wasn't, and now I mean you get on a major league team and I mean you're at the minimum you're, you're getting paid sixty k, so yeah, that's, that's that's a solid salary for you know especially for playing Call of Duty. Um, but at the same time they put in ten hours a day, you know twelve hours mm-hmm. a day. So I mean it's not like they don't deserve that money, um, yeah. especially if they do things for the organization off that time. You know content streams, you know all this stuff. There's a lot. There's a lot that goes into being a professional Call of Duty player. Um, that people don't realize or don't want to realize. Um, so, yeah, yeah. But I will disagree with you on the fact that the league killed COD. I don't think yeah. that's the case. I think Warzone killed COD Warzone? in one way. Really? Yeah, because the casual fan base stopped playing Call of Duty because the Call of Duties oh, were just yeah. bad as well. And they went to Warzone. Because it was yeah, more fun, BRs, and the BRs, BRs were high, they were huge. Were, yeah. And Warzone is BRs still pretty popular, even though they're yeah. kind of killing Warzone. Um, Mostly because it's cheaters and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, they've they've kind of got a lock on that now. Um, but the newest thing coming was ranked play for for Modern Warfare Two, the newest game out, which has brought back pit players. It's just, it's a solid system. It's a very solid system, I hear. Which um, I like. I like the way it is. I gotta say, out of all the other CODs, yeah. I actually enjoy this one. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it's better than World War II by a long shot. The World War II, I remember, you, like, at the very start of it, you couldn't even play with friends. You couldn't. You could only solo queue, and it was like, I don't want to solo queue. <laughs> the whole point of rank play is to, you know, team up with your friends and just have, have a fun night of just grinding rank play together. Mm-hmm. This one I like because... I mean, there is still that rule where, like, once one of your friends gets, like, too high, it's like, all right, if you're too below them, you can't team up with them, which makes sense. It's does a stop. make sense. It's a stop, you know, the smurfing and all that kind of things. Mm-hmm. It makes sense. And the boosting, yeah. I mean, it's a great rank play. Mm-hmm. My complaint that I have with it, though, is with rank play, they've also... It's one of those points now to where once you get to a certain rank, you run into a bunch of cheaters. Mm-hmm. And it gets to a point where it's like, for instance, for uh, us the other day, we're not even that high up. Like, I mean, uh, one of us is a is a platinum, the others are gold, and I'm mm-hmm. a silver. Mm-hmm. So it's like it, not even that high up. And the other day we were playing a, I think it was Search and Destroy. Uh, oh no, it was a hard point, I think actually. Mm-hmm. And there was a player who. Even when you watch the webcam things, he'd watch you through the walls perfectly and pre-fire as soon as you went to go peek around a corner. Yeah. And it's just like, 
there's got to be something to stop this cheating thing. Like, first, it was Warzone that it was happening a lot in. Now it's rank play. It's a constant problem, man. It's it's a constant problem even in the competitive in the competitive yeah. scene too. Because in challengers, you know, you, you can you can join challengers for nothing. I mean, you, you exactly. get a team, you get you're good enough, and some people really know how to hide it too. I mean, there were so many accusations last year about cheaters. You know, getting into the top competitive uh, challenger teams. And, like, no wonder you're cheating, you know? I mean, it's yeah. it, it would be subtle stuff. They would have some skill. They would have the skills necessary to, you know, position and do all this stuff. But, like, slight aim assist, slight, you know, wall hacks, all this stuff just to give you that extra advantage. Um, yeah, I mean, it's it's been a rampant problem, especially the past two years. And the, the fact that Activision doesn't care enough to, you know, try to correct that on launch i mean especially did not even have competitive See, on launch that yeah, just seems ridiculous to me this is now what is it the sixth cod that has actually i think it might be more than that that hasn't had ranked play at the start right which is unfortunate because unfortunately ranked even though and competitive in of itself isn't their cash cow yeah no which is unfortunate but it's just one of those things where it's like by the time rank comes out a lot of people have stopped playing COD for like oh yeah, months mm-hmm. at that point, and then it's like it comes back, you come back, and then it's like you're playing a whole new game in a way. So it's like exciting for a little bit until you run into again the cheaters, and then you're like, well, that's enough for this for a bit. Right, that was fun. I mean, and the thing is, I don't know if it's Activision having a problem with this. It's, just, it's the fact that it's so easy now to get the cheats. Yeah, that's also like, true. I think. I think. It's only like I think for like fifty dollars you can get like some kind of wall hack thing. Probably the whole package for fifty bucks. And it's just like yeah, the I... fact that it's that easy is insane. Yeah. It's absolutely insane. With that done, I mean this is the first episode in the wraps. So Thank you, everyone, for being here. Uh, this is uh, wild to have had it happened. Um, finally. Finally, yeah. So uh, don't go anywhere. Um, join us back next week as we bring you back to more sports and esports. Um, you know, we've been live for two hours and 20 minutes now on this, and uh, it has just flown. <laughs> it has just absolutely flown. First 15 minutes of that were, uh, you know, me being dumb. Where are we live yet? Uh, yeah, yeah. Where am I at? Um, yeah, but um, yeah. Thank you all for being here. Appreciate the support on episode one. It's fantastic. Look for the actual condensed versions of the episode coming out to YouTube and Spotify. Um, thank you for watching and listening on Spotify and YouTube if you are there now. Um, and stay tuned. We got more coming, more planned. Like I said, this is episode one, so we're going to be doing a lot more with this. We're going to be getting more into it. Um, yeah, we're not in our uh, we're not in our flow yet. So exactly, um, this is the start of something great. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I was almost going to High School Musical there, start of something new, but no, it wasn't. Um, uh, nothing. Don't worry about that. Uh, start of something great. Yes, that's this. So. Uh, once again, thank you all for, so much for listening and watching, uh, and we'll catch you guys next week. Bye.